Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Training your children. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse number 4. Hear, O Israel. So we see who God is speaking to in this passage. That's the nation. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. These are heart issues. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. That means uh, the nation had family devotions. It wasn't just we go worship corporately. It was families in their homes taught their children. And that's a biblical principle that is still in place today. And when thou walkest by the way. So they also did it outside the home and outside of corporate worship. So they would be out in the way, out of of their home. Something would probably come up in society or they would see something or experience something. And dad and or mom would then teach their children about the Lord. And we need to, you know, keep that in mind because this whole idea nowadays is, well, just keep it in the church. Uh, We don't see that principle throughout the Bible. Uh, When thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down. uh, So they were thinking and talking about the Lord before they went to bed. (laughs) And when thou risest up. That means the first thing in the morning they fed was their soul. (laughs) They fed their soul rather than their bellies. And notice the word that strikes out most prominently, at least to me, is in verse 7. Thou shalt teach them diligently. That means that's with steady care. That is with consistent effort. That's not one time and then we're good for the year. It was a diligent effort effort and i know that you and i uh, those of us here this morning would all agree that the public school system certainly has a diligent effort this world system certainly has a diligent effort the left-wing media or whatever you want to call it has a diligent effort it is non-stop post after post tweet after tweet article after article and they're diligent on what they want to get across to this world, to our children. And yes, this is what God told the nation. But these same biblical principles should be in place today and are in place today for New Testament Christians. We as parents, we as grandparents, uh, we as Christian adults, we must train our young people or the world will. And they will be diligent about it. We should not, and I will not, and I'm sure you will not, allow the enemy to be diligent. And we're just going to lay down our arms and not, no, we need to be diligent. Psalms chapter number one. Psalms one. We'll come back to verse one later, but 
we'll start reading in verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Do you delight in the truths of God's word? I do. I'm sure you do as well. Most of our delight, and I don't mean our meaning us specifically, but when I say, you know, our nation's delight is in society, cultures, the vices of the wicked. That's where people find delight. This is why the weekend's activities are surrounded around dance halls, saloons, bars, clubs, uh, the movie theater. Uh, and they're not playing, uh, you know, they're not running reruns at Charleston Heston and, and you know, Moses and all that. They're not doing that. You're not seeing torchlighters being shown. you know, the voice of martyrs, they're not showing any of that. They're showing the wicked vices of the world, and they're advertising that diligently so that people would get a hold of it and delight in it. And his and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You see where it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. We tend to follow rules and follow commandments in other areas of our life. When we go to work, we delight in doing, unless you have a really mean, nasty boss. Most of us go to work and, boss, what would you like me to do today? When we gather with our friends and we're going to get together and, and, and have a game of whatever, we delight in following the rules of whatever the game is, the baseball game, uh, you know, the gun shooting rules. The <laughs> We all want to. Follow those rules so that why everybody has a good time and everybody stays safe. All right. We don't want anybody getting hit in the head with the fastball. So we delight in those laws. But then all of a sudden things tend to change for modern day Christians because then they get to God's word and the Bible and they say, well, I don't like those laws. I don't like those rules. I don't like those commands. They're grievous to me. There should be some delight from Christians to want to read the Bible and say, you know what? I want to follow that. I like that. I don't understand it all, but okay, Lord, I'm willing to go your way. Um, and, you know, the kids memorize this verse, a great verse, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Now, we had a row of orange trees in our house in Florida uh, about Probably like 14 orange trees. And just about every one of them, except one or two, uh, brought forth fruit. That tree was worth something. There was one specific one. You can just see it dying. There were old trees to begin with. But that tree wasn't worth anything because it wasn't bearing any fruit. Man, that's just a beautiful picture of Christianity today. <laughs> it shouldn't be. But this hallmark Christianity is people that are professing something, but not possessing something. And there's no fruit in their life. Now, I'll grant you that not everyone's going to produce the same amount of fruit. And we can argue about that. 
But I can't find it anywhere, the whole book of Acts, the whole New Testament, where someone that has named the name of Christ, where there isn't something that evidences that they're owned by him. Now, I know a babe in Christ isn't going to look like a Christian that's been saved for 50 years. We all get that. But there should be something. Why? Well, because when you were living in the world, the fruit that you produced was so abundant and so evident that everybody knew you were running with the devil's crowd. You think about before you got saved, before I got saved, I had to, you know, all the, all the, all the, the heavy metal bands and all the, all the junk I was into. Everybody knew who I was. It was evidence by how I live, what I listened to, how I talk, what I wore, what I advertised on what I wore. I brought forth fruit. God expects us to bear fruit. The other thing's interesting about this is that when you plant a tree, you have to cultivate that tree. You have to take a lot of care in that tree so that it can grow and spring forth and have fruit to bear. And who's training your children? Whoever it is, public school system has taken a lot of care. This world system has taken a lot of care, diligent effort, cultivate and slowly plant water because they want some crop. I'm telling you, it's a biblical principle that the world stole from the Bible to use it for wicked ways. We have got to care for and be patient with. Last year, we went door knocking. And. Uh, there was a brother that was with us. It was getting a little. And, and I understand it. I understand if you don't have kids. It was getting a little annoyed because there's two or three families that kids were out. and it, it was a bit chaotic. And we eventually had talked to kids and, and say, look, you know, we, we have a testimony in town we need to keep. So here's some commands. <laughs> here's some laws, rules. I mean, you got to do that. But at the same time, would you A want to just not have any young people going out and doing anything for God or B, do you want to have some young people going out and doing something for God and they mess it up and they get in your way and they, what do you want? They will never be the 20, 30, 40 or 50 year old being able to speak to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, having the confidence to knock on someone's door and say, Hey, we're not Jehovah's witnesses or Mormons. We're Christians in the area. We'd like to talk to you about Jesus Christ. You have three minutes. How are they ever going to be able to do that unless we cultivate that, we train that, we take our time with that, and we just accept the fact that when they come out, it's going to be a little goofy. <laughs> it's going to be a little, well, it's not perfect. It's going to be a little, because when you plant a tree, you're going to have to put a lot of care and time and effort into that tree. When it's 20 or 30 years old, you just look at it and say, wow, that's kind of the idea. We want to be able to step back when they're 20 and say, wow, they've got it. That's the idea of training. It isn't to always keep them in line. It's to train them in the ways of the Lord so that when they're old enough, 
They take the baton and run with it because they want to. So the training isn't you do this because I told you to do this and you better do. No, the training is we want you to spring forth. We want you to be that strong, tall oak tree. Wow. Terrific. Let's not forget that's a really good principle. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse number nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. If your gun isn't clean, it's not going to work right. If your knife isn't sharp, it's not going to it's not going to function right. It's not going to work right. If your clothes aren't clean, you're going to smell. <laughs> and you know what this principle teaches us? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Young men and young women need cleansing. They need spiritual cleansing. Um. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That's how they're going to be cleansed. They need to take heed. And that taking heed, they need to be taught to take heed. They need to be taught to be watchful. Hey, watch out for that. Uh, you can't shelter your children and put them in a spiritual vacuum. And as much as we're against stuff, we want, to be, we want to be against sin. We want to be against all the thing God's against. But as much as you and I might be against stuff, we need to be for some things. And we need to be for the word of God, teaching them. This is how you can be cleansed. And this is how you can take heed. With my whole heart, if I sought thee, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart. We've got to teach them to hide the word in their heart. Because you and I won't be here for free. Now, either we're our children, but typically mom and dad or grandma and granddad are going to go from this place and they're going to go to their heavenly home if they're Christian. And your children are going to be left here. How are they going to take heat? Hope you taught them. Hope we taught them. How are they going to be watchful against all the evils and wiles of the devil? I hope you taught them. I hope we taught them. The other reason is that the heart of man really is, there's areas of our all, all of our hearts that ultimately are self-governed in the sense that there's areas in our lives where it's just us and God. We all have them. And so mom and dad aren't going to know everything. And there's going to come a time when they're going to have to deal with that thing. And they don't want to go to mom and dad. Now. They've got to have the tools to be able to deal with that thing properly. 
and get the cleansing spiritually from the word of God. How are they going to do that? We've got to be open and upfront and honest and teach them those things and recognize that. I'm sure you have a parent has you know, said to your kid, you, you, you can sense something's wrong or you can sense something's up. Hey, everything good? You want to talk? No, no, it's fine. And you know, not, you know it's not right. You know something's bugging them. It might, even, it might, even, it might not even be sin. It's those things where they need to know how to go to God and get some spiritual cleansing and spiritual health. Because all of us have areas in our heart that's just between us and God. We've got to teach our young people. We've got to train our young people. Um, verse, uh, verse, number, uh, verse number 10, to not wander. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Teach them not to wander. Verse 11, we need to teach them. Hide the word in their heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Uh, verse number 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. We've got to show them and teach them all of these principles so they can take the reins of control. Let's keep flipping forward to Proverbs. Next book in the Bible after Psalms in the second chapter. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. How far do you think you're going to get if you read Proverbs chapter 2, the first five verses, Monday morning in the evolutionary humanistic school system? You might get by at some, you might get, I hope you get by at the Christian schools. I'm sure you could. But try that. See how far that's going to go. Not far at all. Verse 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding, and they are taught to not listen to the voice of God. He keepeth, or he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. That's the shield. He is the shield. Oh, no. The government says, we'll protect you. We'll shield you. We'll care for you. We'll provide for you. No, that's not what Proverbs 2 teaches. The Lord is our buckler. He is our shield. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteous and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. And if you don't, you'll just buy it, hook, line, and sinker, the socialistic, Marxist, communistic philosophy that has infiltrated America. Now, keep in mind, as much as I say this, you can't say it enough. We are Americans, and we are American Christians, yes, but we are born-again children of God first, and we are, a, we are citizens of heaven first. And we have to stop reading the Bible through American eyes because the same Bible is for 
the persecuted Christian who is our brother and our sister in Christ. Who doesn't have the freedoms that we have. And. God's the one. Who will teach you to understand righteous and judgment, equity and every good path. When wisdom entered into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion is lacking in young people. They can't. They have none. Shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. Who leave the paths of a brightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked. Whose ways are crooked and they and, and they forward in their paths. And the devil would like nothing more. Than for our young people who want to go off to college and have some college professor. Talk them out of their faith in the word of God. And convert them to humanistic, atheistic philosophy. Sprinkled with a little Satanism. So that they can have them and use them for their purposes. Not that I have any interest in doing this. But you can sit me right in any of these bars. Any, any of the ones on, the, on Devil's Corner down on the west side. I got no desire to have any liquor. Just don't. I got no desire for it. Now, if you've struggled with that, I wouldn't recommend that. I'm not recommending that I'm going to go and do that. I'm just saying that it, it, it don't matter to me. It does not bother me one bit. Our young people should be trained and so strong in the Lord that if they did want to get a degree to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or fill in the blank, that if they went to a humanistic evolutionary teaching college, they could sit right in that classroom and not be affected uh, by Professor Laodicea. <laughs> or, you know, some, some of these folks, yeah, we're Christians and we believe in evolution. Well, how does that make sense? Apparently, it's supposed to to a lot of young people. And this is this Laodicean church age that we live in. I'm a Christian. You're not, because that's not what Christ would do. <laughs> so you got to be careful. you got to be careful. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger with, which flattereth with her words. Many a young boys have been completely distracted and took it away when the devil put a strange woman in his path. And single men... You need to pay attention to this because your testimony, your Christian life can be ruined by a strange woman. You need to stay away from her. That means outside of church, outside of the home, on the internet, on the cell phone, oh, you need to stay away from it because it will, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. That's where it's going to lead you. None that go unto her return again. Neither take they hold of the paths of life. Uh, so you hear the warning from God. We need to train our children to stay away from 
strange women. Boys and girls, because the whole thing's strange. The whole thing's messed up. What they are teaching children in the public school system is so vile, we can't mention it amongst brothers and sisters in Christ because it's so vile. Even men speaking when it's just the Christian men, some of the things that they're doing and promoting, we don't even want to talk to, about just as men without the ladies there because it's so vile. What happened to simple concerning evil? Now it's, let's just paint the picture as bright as we can with all the rainbow colors. It's sad. It's sad, but true. But it shouldn't discourage us. We shouldn't be rewinding or, or retreating. We should be advancing and teaching and training our youth. Who's training them? We should. We should be. Thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Verse 21, for the upright shall dwell on the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. That's Proverbs 2. A lot of good principles there for training children. Ephesians 6. Take a little bit of a different direction. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4. And ye fathers, Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The father is the head of the home. The man is the head of the house because that's how God set it up. And if there's one thing that has been developing itself over the last couple of decades is that dad is a doofus. Don't listen to him. I remember all the sitcoms I used to watch when I was in the world. You know what it portrayed? Dad was a dummy. And the kids had to help him out. That's sad. It's sad. It's not mom and mom. It's mom and dad. And dad's the head of the home. And the principle here is this. Dad has rules. Dad has commands. Dad has things that he has in place for his home to be run in accord with the word of God. You can call them standards. You can call them principles. You can call them convictions. You can call them whatever you want to call them. But dad's in charge of that home. And his commands and laws and the things that he had set forth that we're going to do should be easy for the children to yield to and get in line to they should not be completely unreasonable, but no child can live up to it. And all of us, myself included, fathers, we need to be careful of that, that we're putting unreasonable demands on our children. And they're trying so hard, they're struggling to, they want to obey, but they're struggling so hard to obey that we've provoked them. And it's not a good testimony for the Lord. Um, look at the 22nd verse. It's the same idea. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. 
Yes, the wife is to submit. With the understanding that the husband's character is easy to yield to. <laughs> and if that's in place and true biblical love exists, it's easy. It's easy for the wives to submit. Back in chapter 5, uh, verse 22, 522, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. That principle in Ephesians 5.22 is the same principle in Ephesians 6, chapter 4. Fathers provoke not, wives submit. The father's character or the husband's character should be that, should be such in line with the will of God and his character should be so exemplary that whether it's the wife having to submit or whether it's the children having to, to obey, it's not wearing them out to do so. And that's where we as men get this thing messed up. We take head of the house and submit to the wife and we just make a mess of it sometimes. And God don't want us to do that. He wants our character be, to be exemplary. That's a teaching tool. That is a training tool, and that is one way to train our children. Because they're going to get in the public school system, or they're going to get with some friend, and, and, and their parents are going to act different. They're going to have a completely different worldview. But you know what they're going to get a hold of? Being patient, putting reasonable demands on them. So that they can feel good about obeying. And they're going to get right in line. And we're going to wonder why. We just better pray and hope it's not. That that's not the reason. That we're the reason. We don't want to be the reason. So provoking not to wrath is. We shouldn't be too severe. If you have to chasten your child. If you have to discipline your child. If you need to use the rod on your child. At the end of that whole thing. They better have not have lost confidence in you. Nor respect for you. Because if they've lost confidence in you as dad, and if they lost respect for you as dad, guess what, dad? We've done something wrong. Should we chasten? Yes. Should we spank? Yes. But there's a spirit and there's an attitude that goes along with that. And if that's not there, we just mess the whole thing up. And we need to go back and repent. And that's the tough thing about parenting is that your children and my children they can see our mistakes and they know that we're sinners. <laughs> it's true. Um, and, that, you know, it's the principle of church life, too. You know, you have a church that does as much evangelism that we try to do and fellowships together. And it's not just, hey, check in and check out. And nobody can get to the pastor and, and, and nobody can, you know, get to the leaders and everything is so clicked out that. It's by design, so nobody fights. But if you have a tight-knit family and you're around each other a lot, you are going to rub each other the wrong way. It's just going to happen. Same with family life. So we have got to be able to just say, you know, just own it. Say, you know what? I just messed that one up. We just got to be able to own it. Okay? With each other as well, but that principle for Wives and children is certainly the training should not be too severe where it's unreasonable. 
Okay. Uh, let's keep moving. Second Timothy. We'll get Second Timothy three and Titus. Chapter two. Second Timothy chapter number three. We'll do that first. Second Timothy three, verse 15. Second Timothy three, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. The proper thing to do is to teach our children the Bible at a young age, as early as you can, so that it is not forgotten. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. The power is in God's word. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice there's no other salvation except through faith in Christ Jesus. And they need to be taught that. Um, and nothing will move your child's heart. Nothing will move your child's intellect. Nothing will strike a conversation up that moves both the intellect and the heart of your child more than the Holy Scriptures. There's some really good stuff in there, especially the Old Testament. All, uh, okay, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God is proper for doctrine, for proof, correction, and for instruction in righteousness. That's how we instruct them. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The scripture is given by God to instruct along with those other things. But we need to instruct our children through the scriptures. It's not left to the preacher to do it. My job is to teach the word of God. The men of the church that, that come in, in the pulpit, their job is to teach the, the word of God so that we all as brothers and sisters in Christ can be edified. But it's not my job to train your children. It's not your job to train my children. That's our jobs as parents. We are responsible for the spiritual training of our own children. We can't say, well, I'm just going to let the preacher do it on Sunday. I'm going to let the Sunday school teacher do it on Sunday school. No, they should be doing it, but you better not double down on that. You better just thank the Lord that we've got some extra training that is going to coincide and enhance what you are already teaching your children at home. Titus chapter 2. Well, what if you have what if you're a grandparent and, you, and your kids aren't doing what you, you told them? You, nothing you can do about that except pray and see if you can get some liberty uh, to, to, to slip in some training now. So those things are tricky, but it's not if you're a grandparent. It's 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 not grandparents job to train the grandchildren. It's the parents job. If the grandparents have the liberty, then OK, great. If they don't have the liberty. That's tough. That's tough. Titus 2, chapter 4. Certainly there's different dynamics in each family, so each family figures that one out and how they address it, but just worth noting. Uh, okay, Titus chapter 2. Here's a good one. The aged women, Titus 2, verse 3, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Here it is, verse 4, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. 
Notice here, it's not the preacher's job. It is not my job. I can't do this in a sermon or a sermon series and teach the young women. God has reserved this place of teaching for the aged women to teach the younger women. I can't relate to them. And if I tried to, I'd mess it up. It's not the preacher's job. Within the body of Christ, God has selected the aged women to teach the younger women. Now, they're not preaching from the pulpit. They're getting together with the women and talking about the women's stuff. I know he's hard to love, honey. <laughs> I had the same problem. Okay? Why, why? What does it say? Teach the young women to, be, to love their husbands. You know what a young wife has to be taught? How to love them. They need to be taught how to love them when he does this and that. I didn't know about this. and I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that bad habit. I didn't know about this. She needs to be taught. And the preacher ain't going to do it. And the men of the church aren't going to be doing it. But if someone has to teach those young women, I want to say children, but they're kind of children in that aspect of adult life. In a sense, they need to be taught. And so God has given that special work that has been reserved for the aged women. Uh, look at verse 5, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Women go out, they want to be obedient to their boss, obedient to their college professor, obedient to their, you know, their volleyball coach. They got them a scholarship. Um, and then all of a sudden, when they get home to their husband, it's, no, I'm not listening to you. Yet they're obedient to every other man in their life that have helped them. Now God has given them a spouse, and it's, no, I'm not listening to you. It's not Christian. So they need to be taught these things. But women today, and as well as men, we do want to do something, even if it's for God. We like doing things. We like making right the wrongs that we've done because we can impress our spouse or our friend. Or we like making right for the wrong things because some somehow it will purchase us some liberty the next time we, so we have all these motives. Uh, and one of the bad things about religion, it, it, it just really loves ritual. And we need to be careful of being caught in a rut. In a rut. I'll finish with this and then we'll continue this message. We'll do two parts to it. I won't get through all the material. But I'd like, like to leave you with this last tidbit of truth in verse number five you know what young women young wives need to be taught to be discreet chaste keepers at home good make the home life good if there was one overarching big principle that we can draw out and close this morning is this if you're if you're if you're 40 and there's a, a woman that's newly married and is 20, then you're the aged woman. You're the aged woman. It's God's not calling you old. He's just saying you're older than and you have more experience. You have more wisdom. You have more training from the word of God. So if you're. 30. And you've been married 10 years and someone is 18 and they've been married for six months. Then the 30 is the aged. You've got a little bit more road time and can help that 18-year-old. 
You know what the principle is here? Just make home life good. Ladies, make home life sweet. Make it fun. Make it good. That's a training for the children that will come up in that home. And I'm telling you, people that got doctrine wrong, if they get this one right, they have a happy home. Well, they're all they're wrong on end times. They're wrong on this. They're wrong on that. They're wrong. Yeah, but they're right on this, and home life's good. Why? Because they got a hold of this verse or this principle. Just make it good. Make it make home life good, and that will teach our children. Man, mom, dad, it's fun to be around Christian parents. It's safe to be around Christian parents. I can see she loves dad. I can see dad loves mom. And that's who's training your children. I hope we are. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.